Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to the Layers Podcast. I'm so glad you're tuned in. I'm so glad you're back. If you're new, welcome. If you've been here, thanks for tuning in. So today's topic is something I've been wanting to talk about for the longest, something I've been pondering on, a conversation that I've wanted to have for a while, and I'm just going to call it imperfect. I don't know if that's what the title will be. Maybe something will come up as I talk, but imperfect. Why? Why? Because I feel like society expects perfection from Christians. And it's a big, 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 big issue, I see, especially in our generation today, because the way we be judging people, and I say we because at some point that was me, but, you know, we're not there anymore. Um, Thank God. But society loves to judge a so-called Christian or someone who they think should be Christian, and I don't like that. So we're going to talk about it, you know, get down to the deeper depths, pick up the layers of the issue, get to the last layer, get to the bottom of this, get to the bottom of it. So first I want to talk about myself. I don't know if y'all listened to the last EP, but if you haven't, go back and listen when you get a chance. Um, But I basically like for a brief minute, talked about what it was like being a pastor's daughter. And um, I was talking about the expectations people had of me because of being pastor's daughter. You know, you can't mess up. There's these stereotypes. They're like, the pressure was getting worse. (laughs) The pressure was real. The pressure was real as a pastor's child. Um... But I had to realize I put that same pressure on my father. Not verbally. He probably didn't know. I I don't think he did know that I was putting that pressure on him. But internally, I did put that pressure on him. Because I expected him to be perfect as a pastor. I expected him to be all-knowing and just, you know, perfect up there. But only God can do that. Jesus was the only perfect human being on this earth. So, I was like, dang, like, I'm I'm mad about all the expectations people have on me as a pastor's kid, but I do the same thing to any pastor, to any leader, some of the celebrities we see on TV, not the regular celebrities, but, you know, the Christian influencers, yeah. Those people, it's like we have this expectation and sometimes we don't even realize it because it comes so naturally, but it's like when they mess up, our hearts be crushed and it's like, why am I hurt? Like they're human. We're human. I mess up. If you're not as mad at yourself, at at yourself, the same way you're mad at these celebrities, pastors and everyone else then I'm going to need you to chill out. Another thing that really just annoys me is because lots of church hurt stems from these expectations. Like, I low-key feel like 99.9% of the time, somebody is church hurt because they set their expectations on the wrong person. 
on the wrong thing. They went to church for the pastor. They went to church for the worship. And that's where their faith was set on. That's where their faith came from. And it didn't come from God. So when the church messed up, when the church people messed up, when the pastor messed up, when the favorite worship leader, the favorite drummer, the favorite keys player messed up, even if they weren't a leader, if a regular churchgoer said something wrong, they were done. I saw this post and it's like, why are you giving up on Jesus for something the people did, the world did, society did? That is not reasoning to be like, oh, I'm done with this. And 99.9% of the time, that's what it is. Like, our expectations are set on the wrong thing. Our expectations should be set on God, the everlasting, never-changing, same God who will never fail, has never failed, can and never fail. Like, that's it. Mic drop, finish. Thank you for listening. Like, that's really it. That's really the whole point of this conversation today. Like, God should be the center of your faith, not people. Because people are imperfect. People fail. People mess up. I'm imperfect. I mess up. Look look at yourself and your walk with God and think real quick and be like, hmm... Because the amount of times I need to go to God and be like, I'm so sorry, repent, do whatever I need to do because I mess up on a day. Sometimes you mess up and don't even realize you mess up. There's influencers that have went on social media, messed up, didn't even know that they had messed up until people started canceling them. That's another thing. Cancel culture is so stupid. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or a popular opinion, but... I just feel like cancel culture is so stupid just because we're canceling someone as if that does anything to their career. Like, what is the point of canceling someone? What is the point? And where are you, like, where are you trying to find? If you find a perfect person, then they're not, they're not, they're, they're just a lie. They're just a fake being because nobody out there is perfect someone perfect to me a influencer a leader whoever is someone who can openly share about their imperfecties <laughs> that's not a word imperfections yes that's the word someone who can openly share about their imperfections and be like this is what it is like i'm not perfect but god is which is why i lean on him you know, I feel like that's the mindset we got to come up and approach it with. But anyways, back to myself, I put all my, literally until COVID, and I've talked about this before, how, you know, COVID was a turning point, you know, was learning God for myself. But up until 2020, which was only two years ago, my faith was, re- well, revolved around my father because he's a pastor um I feel like lots of this behavior was learned because of the way I was treated by regular churchgoers the expectation is on me because I'm a pastor's daughter so I learned that behavior have the same expectation on my dad because you're the pastor right but 
wrong because that's not the way we should go about it. I wish, I wish I looked at my father through the lens of you're an imperfect human being, you know, just trying to help people through your ministry. Because then I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold, well, I'm not going to say I hold resentment, but lots of anger, lots of resentment, lots of hate, church hurt, church hurt, there's sometimes there's anger in there, sometimes there's sadness in there, any negative emotion, lots of that is really rooted in, you know, being disappointed due to someone's actions, someone's words, whatever the case maybe it's like one one simple thing a lie like we we be thinking lies are so small but a white lie and you're like you lied and you're a pastor now sometimes that expectation has to be put there because you're representing the kingdom you're representing god so you need to be i feel like as a leader as an influencer you need to be extra hard on yourself like striving for per- perfection, striving to do well because p- you know people are imperfect. You know people are gonna. There are people that even after listening to this, they're still gonna have the tendency to judge people. They're still gonna look at leaders through the because le- that's just God hasn't delivered them from it yet. Like it's not. That's that's just gonna be them. That's just gonna be them. So, as a leader, influencer, whatever, you still have to go into leading with that lens. Like, everybody's watching. So, watch what you do. Because, especially the non-believers, are really quick to be like, they did that, y'all are fake, that's why I'm not part of this Christianity thing. Like, another thing I really want to talk about is grace. Because... We got the the greatest gift God could give us is grace, but we don't give grace to others. And that goes hand in hand with this expectation thing. Because yes, you can hold a leader to a high expectation because they're representing the kingdom. But when they do mess up, how do you react? It has to be a shrug of the shoulders. Oh well, let's pray for them. Let's move on. Because... Every man falls. Every man will. The Bible says you will fall. You will fail. We we have a flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we're in a world full of worldly people. Like, this world is not holy. It's not godly. So, people are going to mess up. But what is the reaction to that? The reaction is cancel... You're fake. Christianity's fake. I don't believe in your sky daddy. Like, what? What? And it really, it like, it actually hurts to think that a majority of the people, that's how they think. Like, a majority of people, that's, that's where we're at, at life, because we're fed up with everything. COVID done happened, now everybody is tired and ready to, to be done. Everybody's ready to just give up everybody's ready to give up so now that i finished my rant let's get into the layers like i literally went on and on and on about everything everything that i want to talk about in this ep 
and now we're getting to the solution. So we've unlocked the problem because imperfection is present, yet we don't know how to handle it. So the first thing I'd like to talk about is how to deal with or counter the societal norm. What is a societal norm? Cancel culture, judging, debating, and disputing due to imperfection in the Christian community. We are taught and and grow up learning and knowing that as a Christian you need to be perfect. We're so set on religion and rules that we forget what relationship is and what Jesus came to do. So, because of that, the stigma behind what being a Christian is, follow this rule, follow this rule, Ten Commandments, this, all, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. The rules, the religion, because of that, the societal norm has been to judge people who do not live up to the standards and the rules, to debate and dispute, you got people arguing on why People should not care about sin. You got people arguing on what sin is. People arguing like, please, stop. And then we got the cancel culture that I've already talked about. That's absolutely stupid to me. With the judgment, every with all these things I've listed, judgment, debating, and disputing, and the cancel culture, the norms. These are the three top norms I came up with. You have to do the exact opposite to deal with or counter it. In order to deal with these things, because we have to deal with it, that's that's the word we live in. We can't change the whole world, so we have to deal with it. And to counter it, because we're called to be set apart and look different, you have to do the exact opposite. So when judgment comes, when you feel the urge to judge someone of the faith who has messed up, judge yourself. That's just something I came up with. Like, just, just look at yourself real quick. Look at yourself real quick. What did you do? What did you do? I want to look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 3. And Matthew chapter 7 verse 3 says, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? You got a log. And you're worried about the little speck. Speck that was let out. by so- Some of these people are exposed and all your secrets and sins have been hidden. So you're not worried about your stuff because ain't nobody exposing you. But you're worried about the people whose sin was exposed. You are not any different than that person. I am not any different than that person. So I'm going to worry about myself before I worry about other people. As soon as I feel that judgment coming, I'll be like, but Armel, remember when? And God still forgave you, huh? Okay, so keep it quiet, keep it moving, let's move on. When it comes to debating and disputing, I look and feel like this one is simple, but lots of people don't think this is simple because they just love to talk. People love to talk. People love to argue. People love to be the next lawyer, but Jesus did not need a lawyer. God does not need a, a lawyer. Christianity does not need an attorney. So why are you trying to be one? Like, if the person wants to think whatever they want to think, let them think it. Like, the Bible literally says not to dispute and debate. Yet, we're still here trying to defend something. Like, go defend for yourself. Because you're countering your own... We all mess up. So are you going to start arguing with yourself? Like, come on now. So, all I got to say for that one is close your mouth. Just, shh.
and be quiet. Um, the Bible says it. This is just not me. This is not just me being like, this is from the Bible. In Proverbs, multiple times, and multiple, <laughs> girl, talk. Multiple times in Proverbs, it, you are told to shut your mouth or appear like a fool. The fool talks a lot. The fool does not know how to be quiet. The fool appears smart when they're quiet. There's a time to talk. And there's a time to shush up. So when it comes to the spading and the beauty, and you feel an argument coming, turn the other way. Turn the cheek. Keep it moving. And then last, cancel culture. Cancel culture has to be debunked. I don't know if that's the word. Debunked. Thrown off the fence. It has to be the, the opposite. It has to be countered with love. Now, I'm going to talk more about love later, but Jesus loved, therefore we should also love. Jesus loved the sinner. Jesus showed his love by dying on the cross for our sins. He died for sinners out of love. So if someone messes up, your first instinct should be to love on them, pray for them, not cancel them. So that's the first thing, countering the societal norm, dealing with the societal norm. Real simple, real easy. Now on to the next. Overcoming the pressure and weight of being Christian. Now, I said this earlier, talked about this earlier. Um, Being pastor's kid, like, there's a weight on that. Being a worship leader, being on a worship team, there's a weight on that. Being a leader of any sort, even claiming to be Christian, I don't want to just focus it on leaders because, yeah, I'm not going to focus it just on leaders. But being a Christian in itself comes with the weight, comes with pressure, because the whole world is looking at you to see you fall, to see your mistake. Because this is reality, we have to be able to be like, okay... I'm being held up to this standard, so I'm going to do everything to live by it because I represent God. But I have to give myself grace. And that's the only answer I have for overcoming the pressure and weight of being a Christian is to have grace for yourself because God has grace for you. And the people are not going to have grace. You can't... People pleasing. We talk about it all the time. I have three parts. Part one, part two, part three. If you haven't listened to them... Go listen to them. But people pleasing cannot be your portion when it comes to dealing with the normal response everybody has to imperfection. You have to be able to love yourself enough to be like, it's okay. Let's go on to the next day and start new. That's the great thing about Christianity. You can literally start over every single day. That's the gift of grace. If you haven't listened to my self-series, go listen to the self-series because I really talk about how I 
took care of myself and am still taking care of myself in order to have enough confidence to be like, I know I messed up, but I also know God's word. I know the truth of God. I know my standing with God. God knows my heart. So even though I messed up, even though you guys are canceling me, even though you're condemning me, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because only what God says matters. I know what I do behind closed doors for the sake of me and God's relationship. So what y'all got to say does not matter. And then keep it moving. Keep it moving. So I talk about self-confidence. I talk about self-care. I talk about self-worth, self-love. Anything that has to do with your self-esteem is in the self-series strategies to carry with you to move in your faith, not worrying about nobody else but you and God. Third thing I want to address is attacking church hurt. Now, church hurt can really be a whole episode on its own. I want it to eventually become an episode on its own. But when it comes to attacking church hurt, I wanted to look at it through two perspectives. The perspective of a Christian, so my perspective, a Christian trying to help someone who I know is church hurt, or you are the church hurt. And you're like, I'm done with the church, folks. I'm done going to the church. I'm done with Jesus. I'm done with God. Because everybody done messed up and they can't fix what they done. The first thing... I'd say is to refocus. There has to be a focus shift, a new foundation, because like I said, 99.9% of the time, church hurt is stemmed from high expectations on the wrong thing. We don't have high expectations on God. We have high expectations on people, leaders, all of that. So when the expectations are not met or when we're disappointed, we cancel the whole church Church hurt is basically cancel culture of the church. So, there has to be a new foundation. The, the, the foundation is not God. The foundation of your faith is people. Whether it be your parents, whether it be that one worship leader, whether it be your mentor, whether it be that person you sat next to in church one day. They were your foundation. For me, my dad was my foundation. My dad was the pastor. I went to his church growing up, uh, up until now. So my foundation of what faith looked like was based on him. I listened to him and just followed everything he said. Did no reading for myself. And when I did do reading for myself, it was from a perspective of what does daddy approve? So, obviously, you know, that's the issue. Obviously, that's the issue. So, the foundation has to be reset. Aside from the foundation being reset, there has to be a deconstruction. When the the foundation, you can't just reset the foundation without tearing down the building. So, deconstruct. Take down that building. The layers of lies and faulty faith have to be taken down. And that takes time sometimes. But deconstruction. After that, reconstruction. Start rebuilding. New foundation. The new foundation should be on Jesus, on God. That's where your faith should be based on. New Testament, real good. Real good. It'll really get you going. It'll really get you in the truth. Because we see Jesus fulfilling the law 
in the New Testament. In Matthew 5, 17, if you want to read that chapter, it's really good. But it's Jesus is basically saying he's the fulfillment of the law. He's not here to tell y'all about the, the Levitical laws people be talking about, you know, uh, everything in the Old Testament. Jesus is like, this is my purpose here. This is what we're doing. The whole Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew 5 on to, I don't know what chapter, um, you know, we'll work on that. But, that whole, like, honestly, I feel like Matthew 5 and going forward is what changed my life for real. Because that's what I started re reading on my own when I first came into faith. But there's no perfect spot to start reading in the Bible. You could really start reading wherever you want to start reading. This is just my suggestion. Please don't go based off of me. Do what your heart tells you to do. And just read wherever you feel led to lead. But for me, I started in Matthew five okay okay anyways i talked about the gift of salvation earlier but the greatest act of love for us was jesus dying on the cross so when you're reconstructing your faith that that foundation has to be love because god is love jesus is love we are saved because of jesus's love for us so that has to be the foundation when you're reconstructing every every tool needs to have a speck of love i hope that makes sense i hope y'all are catching on to what i'm saying anyways next is cancel culture and this just segues perfectly into it because we're talking about love but Cancel culture, the tendency of cancel culture is not loving, which is why I hate it so much, which is why I say it's stupid. Whoever wants to defend it, I'm not going to say you're not Christian, but I'm just going to say that's not a Christian tendency, period. That's all I have to say, because it's not loving. The idea of canceling someone, cutting someone off, is not love. Oh, they did something wrong, so you're going to, like, what? So people can't make mistakes? People have to be perfect now just because they're a pastor, just because they're a worship leader, just because they're put in a, in a just because they're gifted to be put in a place of a higher position than you. Now you can cancel them. It isn't loving at all. Jesus didn't cancel us. He didn't say, oh, y'all suck. I'm going back up to heaven. No, he said, let me help them out. That's what that's what he did. So we are to do the same thing. And that's all I got to say about cancel culture. Like, it's just, I didn't have no points to that or no nothing. I just said the tendency isn't loving, period, period. Next thing I want to talk about is the lens of love and grace. So I've talked about love, 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 this whole EP. Maybe that should be the title, love. Loving the imperfect. OMG, that's the title, loving the imperfect. Maybe that's not the title. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> let's keep talking. The lens of love and grace. To me, and I feel like as a Christian, you know these are the two biggest, 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 most important things of our belief. Biggest, most important things. Because like I said, salvation is through love. And then grace, we are saved by grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. The gift of salvation, right? 
Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So, and I'm reading everything in the New Living Translation for anyone who is wondering, but salvation is a gift. No one can go around here and be like, oh, I'm better than this person, I'm more holy than this person, this and this and that, because God gave grace to everybody grace to everybody it's there for you to be like god i messed up i want to do better i need to do better i need your help to do better so help me out here help me out here and move on there's the there's no number put to the amount of times we mess up once you're saved, you're good to go. You're good to go. As long as you be- if you believe with your heart. What's that? What's that verse? Let me pull it up. This is not the translation I memorized as a child, but it's the same thing. And I'm going to read it. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is Romans ten nine. So once you get like that's all you need to do. All you need to do for salvation. That's it. And then there's grace because in Ephesians says you're saved by grace when you believed. So when, when you did what Romans ten nine told you to do, Ephesians two verse eight is saying you're saved by the grace when you believe. So after you do the whole belief, after you're saved, all of that, there, there's grace, a gift from God. What, what is grace? Let me, because I keep on saying the word, and sometimes people don't understand how great grace is. Grace, grace, grace. The free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. Free. It is free. Who doesn't like free things? Who doesn't like free things? You have to, you don't have to pay anything. Like, I'm so stuck on this because it's just so, wow. It's so great. That's the greatest thing about Christianity. People are here sinning and getting their legs cut off in other religions. And we're able to sin and just give it to God. You know? We don't deserve it. Yet we have it. Because Jesus died on the cross. That, whenever you start looking at life through the lens of love and grace... When other people mess up, when you encounter an imperfect person, especially when they're imperfect towards you or they mess up towards you, because it's easy to be like, oh, it's okay, just love on them, have grace for them when it's somebody else's issue, but when it's your own issue, when it's your own issue, if you are able to grasp the concept of looking at things through love and grace, you are able to love an imperfect person and have grace for an imperfect person and keep it moving. Cancel culture will not be in your vocabulary. Cutting someone off will not be in your vocabulary. Having your peace disturbed by people 
will no longer be in the mix because you've come to an intellectual level of they're human. God made them and God loves them. Sinner or not, believer or not, they're human. And humans are not perfect because we are in the world and we have flesh. Like, it's that simple. Or I guess it's not simple because people still struggle with it today, including me. Anyways, we move. Last and final thing of my points. And this is not really a point. This is just a phrase. And I kind of already touched on it. But I said, they disappointed me. Now what? Like I said, it's easy to really be like, oh, they messed up. It's okay. They're imperfect. But when they disappoint, when you get disappointed, especially when you get disappointed by someone that's a believer, a Christian, when they're not Christian, it's just like, it's okay. They don't know Jesus. Let me pray for them so they can find Jesus and you keep it moving. But when they know Jesus, for example, when it's your pastor, father that does you wrong, then it's a, it's a whole new ball game because it's like, how do I <laughs> forgive my father? How do I forgive my mentor? How do I forgive the people I put on a pedestal in my life? And I already gave you the answer. <laughs> I already gave you the answer through the lens of grace and love. But I want to read this last Scripture from Matthew chapter 5. See, Matthew chapter 5, a lot of goodies. It says, verse 44 says, But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. I want to focus real closely on this prayer part because prayer can move mountains. Prayer can literally move mountains. Um, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Pagans were just the regular people that weren't Christians, for context. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Now, don't take this so literally, because I'm talking about imperfection, and now I'm telling you to be perfect. No, I didn't just counter myself. We're just reading the scripture for context. But, um, love your neighbor. And the amount of times the Bible mentions love, like, <laughs> let's see. How many times does the Bible say love? Five hundred fifty one times in the King James Version, three hundred and ten times. That's a big difference. Anyways. 
it's still a lot of times that love is mentioned. Um, so love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. That's really like, that's the only thing I can say to do that I do now that I really feel like is the only solution because what you going to do, confront them so they can make you mad again? I mean, let me not give you toxic advice, but pray for those who persecute you. Someone did you wrong, pray for them. Someone hurt you, pray for them. You so-called get church hurt, pray for the people that hurt you and go back to church. Like, it's, I don't want to say it's not that hard because that's ignorant, but I'm, I'm giving you the key to life. So take the key. Anyways, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. I hope you got insight on something. Nobody is perfect. We are all imperfect. The, these high expectations need to go all the way down. This judgment that we have on people needs to go all the way down. I really thought about like bringing up some people. But I don't want to call out nobody's name. But there was a whole, like, Maverick City, Dante situation. Like, why are we canceling Dante? Like, he's human. He he messed it up. They went about it the way they wanted to go about it. Now let's keep it moving. Like, why are we condemning people? Let's not. Someone wanted to, not someone, multiple people have talked on the Dahmer situation and him requesting to get baptized and claiming he learned about Jesus. Okay, let him do that. You have no place to speak about someone's encounter with God, someone saying they learn about God, want to, want to be baptized, want to do better, just because of their past mistakes. Because humans are imperfect. Humans are not perfect. So, just deal with it. Just deal with it. It's an ill-sick world. Like, Dahmer, yeah, ill-sick person. But reality is anybody can come to God and we have no place to judge him when they do. (sighs) Anyways, let me not say too much because I don't want to get heated in the moment but I think my point has got across thank y'all for listening stay tuned for my upcoming next episodes every other Monday and then in 2023 I'll be uploading every Monday no missed weeks reclaiming it in Jesus name amen